Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Roy's Rants. I'm your host, Roy Stiffy, and I'm recording this because I'm a dumb-dumb who doesn't understand technology, or at least this app. Um, I accidentally hit stop earlier because I had to take a second to stop, and I thought I could just go ahead and record again, but it went and added, tried to add it to an old podcast. It was really weird. Anyway... <laughs> This episode is going to actually be a recap of, (coughs) pardon me, the last season of Roy's Rants, where, um, you know, we talked about a great many things. 2022 was an interesting year. I found myself really busy with art. I, um, I had previously quit my regular job because my artwork was becoming so, um, big that I, 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 that part of the job, I was like, I don't have enough time to work a regular job. Um, so we, we did, we did some things. We, we improved our client list, grew it, grew it, grew it, lost a few people. Oh, well, but you know, that happens. And we self-published a book, uh, Jumbles, Grumbles, Rumbles, uh, with an offer, um, uh, with, with a, I, I did the artwork for it. Um, Dr. Joel Block did the writing. Uh, you can find it at amazon.com if you wish to purchase it. I do plan on doing some edits to it. I got to get back to it. Um, but one of the things I found from last year was I was so busy with artwork and stuff, I didn't do enough podcasts. Like, there was only 13 episodes uh, on and off throughout the year. I do plan on doing a podcast every week. We have an episode next week uh, where I will be talking about, with my friend Alex Ross, Supergirl and Highlander 2, The Quickening, or Highlander 2, The Renegade Edition, depending on your point of view. Um, but we're going to talk today about what happened in 2022 with the podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about a vacation I had. That'll be our little topper. Um, I, yeah, I, I finally went on a vacation this year. First time in my adult life, uh, going on a vacation, uh, like for a full week, not just a couple days here or there, uh, really quick in and out, but like a full rested, no artwork, no podcast, no books, no publishing, no, you know, no spieling for, for clients and stuff like that. Just relaxing for a whole week. It was amazing. Uh, I was also incredibly busy. But let's talk about 2022 year-end review for Roy's Rants. So we talked about Candyman and Malignant on our first episode. Now, I absolutely loved Candyman. I think Candyman uh, was a great legacy reboot slash, or yeah, slash soft reboot. Um... I don't necessarily think they need to make it a franchise again. I think that was a great send-off. Uh, one of the things about the modern remakes is that for the most part with these remake reboots, they don't set themselves up as a franchise enough, or they, they try to, or they just don't get enough. Like, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whenever they redid it in the early 2000s, that had a prequel. But then it didn't it didn't hold up, like the prequel didn't hold up, and it didn't go anywhere, so there was no sequel, you know, franchise for that. Friday the 13th, same deal. They did a reboot. Didn't have an... I mean, it did great. It was the it's, it was the highest box office of all the Friday the 13th. But fan reception was very tepid. So it, it basically, you know, it stalled out right there. Same with Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, did well at the box office, but everybody talks like it's the most horrible thing in the world. So I personally, I find lots of good things in the, in the reboot of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um... There, there's definitely an argument for that. It's a good movie. It's just that it's, it's not, it's not Robert Englund. It doesn't have that personality. It's a different beast altogether. So these movies really don't hold up for like sequels. And I think Candyman, 
it, it, I think it's smart enough that it doesn't need a sequel. Like it, it, it's it's definitely continues the franchise, but doesn't need. It can be the great topper. So now, Malignant. I absolutely hated that movie. Um, I have friends who love it. I actually lost a friend over it, I should say. Like, I don't know, it was friend, associate, whatever. He literally got so mad at me for pointing out all the flaws of that story that he started attacking me. He actually got into like a boozy drunk rage. Um, and, and that was the thing is like, I did the, the dude, he, he, he sometimes would fly off the handle about silly, silly shit. He's a fellow artist, but he's one of those artists who acts like he's struggling. He's a struggling artist. He's like, you don't understand my art. Um, and he would get drunk and he would like lose clients and lose friends and family and then go, I don't understand. I'm like, you're an addict. Like, I'd be like, I'm your friend. You need help. Um, and I'm telling you this because I'm your friend. I'm trying to do what is best for you. And, you know, sometimes he'd get, you know, he'd get on the wagon and sometimes he'd fall right off. And right around the time of Malignant, he was definitely in a miserable, just, just want to burn the world kind of, you know, mood. And that son of a bitch, <laughs> he went at me for a whole day, like, just talking shit on my artwork, talking shit on me. And I was just like, I'm done with you. Over a freaking movie. I, I was just like, how in the hell can you get this upset over me not liking a movie? That's, that's like, that's my thing about Malignant. Malignant was definitely a type of film that you either love it or you freaking hate it. There's no in-between. And there was definitely, like, there's stuff in there that I'm like, this movie would have been a great B-movie from the 80s. But the problem is, is that it tries this really highfalutin, like, like it's, it's very glossy, it's very slick looking. And I'm like, if you'd have went really grungy low budget on this thing and like made it like a, a Coen brother or like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think like cue the last dragon or like you know, the eighties schlock, um, the stuff, that kind of thing. You know, if you go that level, uh, I think malignant would have worked, <clears throat> but I, I just did not, did not like it. Uh, we talked about fan reactions, which is my bread and butter, because if you've heard me on Roy's Rants, probably almost every episode, I will talk about fans losing their shit over things. And by God, 2022 did not disappoint on that level. Um, just, even just recently, like, you know, for like Transformer fan stuff. I'm a huge fan of Transformers, and I hate my community. I, I really do. I don't like my community one damn bit because they don't come together they they tear each other apart all the time and it's so funny because i saw i saw a comment the other day from twitter someone's like i love the transformers community you guys are like the best i'm like are you kidding me i have literally seen transformer fans tell other fans of different parts of transformer community to kill themselves and stuff like that you know to do to commit uh horrible things and you know i probably shouldn't have said that part like unalive with themselves i apologize um, you know, it's just, it's just this, it's this weird vitriol and hatred. And of course, every time I bring this up about trans, there's, there's a Transformer fan. All other communities are just as bad. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? I'm a Transformer fan. So I'm going to talk about my community and how much I'd love for it to improve itself. So that, you know, gosh, we, you know, the other day I saw a post where someone said that, um, they were happy that IDW Publishing, uh, their um, their stock was dropping like a rock. They were like, you know, 
Like, I feel like IDW is not long for this world. They're losing all their licenses uh, currently, and that is the crux of IDW's publishing. <coughs> Pardon me. Is uh, licensing, uh, licensed books. They lost Transformers, they lost G.I. Joe. I think there was hints that the Ninja Turtles might be going as well. So, someone said they were happy. They're like, oh, what a happy moment. And I was like, why would you be happy for something to fail? There are people there who work for a living. They have jobs. There's all sorts of stuff. Why would you wish for failure? And I got attacked by a guy who I thought was a friend of mine because he said, well, you'll you'll wish for Republicans to fail, though. I don't understand. What a, you know, how, how can you be like this and this? I'm like, I never said I wish for Republicans to fail. I said, I have problems with people who are monsters. I don't think all Republicans are monsters. I don't know why you're getting that. I said, but th that's the thing. And he's like, well, you're telling me that I can't, I can't speak my mind. I'm like, I didn't say you couldn't speak your mind. I didn't say that at all. You can have a, a shitty opinion. Like, I hope something fails. You know, I hope that this company, like all these people lose their jobs. I can tell you it's a shitty opinion. I never said shut your mouth. I never said keep quiet. I never, you know, but the thing is this guy kept going on and I did block him. And I'm like, here's the thing. I can personally block you. You can go ahead and sprout your hate somewhere else. You can talk to some other people. I'm sure there's some like-minded people like you who are that childish, who aren't thinking about the hundreds of people who work for that company who are going to be out of a job because you guys decided to, you know, hate boycott their products and get really mad at something they're doing and, and cause it, you know, and, and, you know, kind of create the situation that they're in. Or, you know, hey, maybe they did it themselves, whatever. The point is to relish in people's failures like that is shitty. And that's all I said. So you can still go talk to your other friends and, and have a problem like that, but I'm gonna personally, I'm gonna call you out on it. That has been, that has been 2022 in a nutshell is me constantly kind of having a battle with people because I'm just like, hey, that's a shitty take. And it's so funny because nine times out of 10, the argument I get back is like, you can't tell me how to have my opinions. I said, I never told you. I, I never once said you can't have an opinion. I never once said you can't have that opinion. I just told you it was a shitty one. And it's so funny that that is like the fight, the blowback I always get from people are like, really, you shouldn't tell them that you shouldn't, you're going to upset them. And I'm like, I don't, it doesn't like, it's okay for them to upset me by having, saying hateful, disgusting comments and being, you know, you know, being hateful towards others and wishing harm for them. It's okay for them to do it, but if I call them out on it, and I'm not wishing harm on them, I'm just saying their shitty behavior is shitty, that's a problem. That's always been my biggest frustration with that when I do call people out is there's always someone who tries to tell me to calm down and I should just let them spout off nonsense. And I'm like, you know, and the, and the funny thing is, I'm like, I am letting them spout off nonsense. I'm just pointing out how stupid that nonsense is. So we talked about that. Uh, we talked about Star Trek and video games. Ah, you know, for the life of me, I didn't go back. I didn't go back and re-listen re to all these. Sorry. I don't listen to myself that much. Uh, but we did talk about Star Trek. We did talk about video games. I love video games. But I am, I am that old man who's out of it now. I don't play the current stuff. I do, I do have access to, like, demos and stuff, obviously, like everyone else. I did... I, I find myself downloading the collections, like... Uh, I want to download the Atari collection, and I know I'm gonna look at that. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna play half of it and go, "Geez, I can't believe I paid like forty dollars for this." But what I really am more interested in is the museum behind it, involved in that. Uh, that kind of goes through all the video games of Atari's history. Uh, Atari these days is just a name that's bought and passed around between companies. It's not the company that existed back in the '70s. Uh, 
So, you know, and that is a thing. If you see new stuff released by Atari, it's not, it's not Atari. This is an archive collection of official Atari stuff. Um, I'm not even sure, like, who worked with the, I, I, I don't know where the video games for Atari ended up. Like the, the name itself gets bought and sold and shipped around, but the, all the other titles in the games, I don't necessarily know if they're associated with that company at the time. So I'd have to purchase it and look at who made it. But anyway, Star Trek, I love Star Trek where it's at right now. Star Trek on Paramount Plus is probably the most gorgeous looking shows you can watch right now. Strange, uh, Strange New World. Uh, beautiful show, Discovery, beautiful show, Picard, wonderful show. Um, do I think it's too much? They also have Prodigy, it's a wonderful show. There's a lot of Star Trek going around right now. Uh, I do worry that they are spread a little thin because eventually that kind of stuff kind of implodes. Uh, look at uh, CW, like the CW is, is literally collapsing the Arrowverse as it is now. Um, it's, it's played itself out too long. Like there's too many shows and just, it was all you know ongoing at one point. Like literally with the CW, they had Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Supergirl, um, Adventures, uh, well, well, Superman, Lois and Clark, whatever the hell you call it. Um, so that's like six whole shows in that genre, um, all related to each other. And I might've missed something else too. Um, you know, like they also had like Stargirl, which was kind of like, um, it, it was a DC Universe uh, original along with Swamp Thing, but then it kind of got folded into like CW, I think. Um, so yeah, there's a lot there. And it, and, it, and now it's like all kind of falling apart, like Flash is in its final season. I know they canceled Supergirl last year. Arrow, of course, went off the air. Uh, I think Black Lightning has been canceled. I could be wrong, but I, I'm betting it is. If they're gonna cancel Supergirl, they're probably gonna cancel that, you know? So it's all kind of, and I think Legends of Tomorrow got canceled as well. Um, so it's all getting kind of swept under the rug. And I hope that doesn't happen for Star Trek. I hope it doesn't collapse. Uh, that is my hope. And I know they are now working on a fourth Star Trek movie in the same vein of the, the uh, Kelvin timeline. Um, with Chris Pine. So they finally, I think they're finally getting that back on board. Um, Star Trek is notoriously, like in their movies, they, they want to always keep the budget down. And, and so like the original series, like the Shatner series of films, like those budgets were piss poor um, after the first movie cost them, cost Paramount a bajillion dollars. They're like, nope, screw you, slash the budget in half. And the funny thing is, obvious, the, the funny thing is those sequels are much better than the motion picture anyway. Um... But then with the Chris Pine ones, the first one, pretty big budget. Second one, pretty big budget. Third one, I think it had a similar budget, but different director. Um, and it did not do well. I don't understand. It's super fun. Uh, great fun movie. I do like it a lot. Uh, the next one was going to be, uh, it was going to have Chris, uh, Chris Pine and uh, Chris uh, Hemsworth. Uh, he was going to time travel. I don't know if they were trying to fix the the timeline somehow like bring it back to like the uh william shatner version i don't know but it was going to involve uh kirk and son or you know like george kirk and uh uh why uh, james yeah james kirk <laughs> Duh. um got too big a budget so it got canned um there was a lot of rewrites all sorts of stuff there was one point quentin tarantino was going to do a star trek movie it was it was weird it was a weird time 
Um, but the TV series have been incredibly successful. I hope it keeps going that way. And I know eventually all, all shows when they like get in like sixth, seventh season, whatever, they start to fizzle out. I think Discovery is now in its fifth, so it's getting there. It's getting to that point where they're going to discuss, uh, you know, canning it probably. Because um, those types of shows don't last like 10, 12 seasons. They usually, I think, I think seven or eight, you're really getting, you know, they can't all be supernatural and be on for like 15 seasons, so. Uh, we talked about Event Horizon. Event Horizon is a movie that I personally did not care for when it first came out. I thought it was okay, but it was it was it's grown on me now as a popcorn film. But it is essentially Hellraiser on the set of Alien. It is Hellraiser on the set of Alien. Uh, they even uh, the director. Why is it not coming to mind? Um, Paul W.S. Anderson, is, is that it, Paul Paul Anderson? He, I know there's like two Paul Andersons that make films that I'm like, I don't wanna get them confused. The guy who did Resident Evil, um, he is kind of a schlock movie maker, like almost admittedly so, but he makes like video game adaption movies all the time and stuff like that, which we know how that's been maligned, but he makes those movies that when you were like 10 or 12, you would hang out with your friends, play Nintendo, rent a movie and get some pizza and that'd be the movie, okay? Or you get your brother, rent the movie, you get your dad, you know, and it's rated R, you get you get to see a little bit, a little bit, you know, the boobage and some blood and guts and you're like, hey, you have a fun time. That's, that's the type of movies that he makes. And Event Horizon is definitely a fun one like that, but it's literally, he's, he's even using camera movements um, that Ridley Scott used in Alien. Like, he's actually using the camera interacting with the set, like things getting moved and brushed aside. Um, the set design, half the sets are like Alien, the other half the sets look like a freaking puzzle box from Hellraiser. I mean, yeah. Um, what can I say, though? It's still a fun movie. It's still an enjoyable movie. I wish to God we could actually find that cut of the movie that had um, all the extra scenes that the like the film company was like, whoa, Paramount was like, hell no, nah, man, that shit's getting cut. We ain't using that. Like, I know, I know it won't add anything to the story, but it still sounds crazy. Still want to watch it one day. This isn't boring. I'm just I don't sleep well. <laughs> Sorry for the yawn. Sonic Two. Um, we talked about Sonic Two. Um, Sonic 2 is one of those movies that, like, the Sonic films themselves are so much better than they have any right to be. Like, it is amazing, because when someone said they're making a live-action Sonic movie, I just groaned. I was like, really? Come on. And then we saw the imagery, the first cut of the trailer, and I was like, what the hell is that thing? Now, here's one time where I say fan outrage actually helped improve a movie. What happens when they do these movies is like every artist, every writer, every director, when they want to do an adaption of a movie, and I am, I, I do this myself. I don't, I don't always draw He-Man the same way. I don't always draw Optimus Prime the same way. I want to do my take. When they hire these artists and writers and producers and directors to make these films, they're like, here's, here's a script, here's Super Mario, how you want to do it. And nine times out of 10, they want to do their own thing. Look at Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the original one, not the new one coming out um, from the guys who did the Minions movie. But they want to do their own thing. So you you know, you know, do weird shit like, okay, let's hire the set director designer from Blade Runner 
to do the sets for Super Mario Brothers. That is weird. That is so bizarre. And going in a completely opposite direction of what you think the product is. Now, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. A lot of times it really rubs people the wrong way. Like He-Man, the movie, Master Universe, the movie. Um, they went hyper-realistic with the costumes and they replaced certain characters because they wanted to sell new toys. And plus they thought the effects for the characters like like... Instead of Orko, they're like, we're gonna have this floating guy going around. We're gonna have to have him on wires. It's gonna look like shit. Let's just hire a small per. Let's just hire a little person and create a whole new character. We call him Gwildor. Because that's, I mean, that's so clearly obviously Gwildor is Orko. Uh, you know, um, Sorod is Merman. Uh, Karg is Trapjaw and Blade is Triclops. It's just so obvious. It's so like in your face, like how these are substitute characters. Uh, and one, one thing they'd be like, we can make new toys. We make new toys out of these characters because we weren't planning on doing movie versions of the regular characters because we're too lazy. Um, or we invested too much money in this because Canon Group bailed, uh, you know. So they do these changes and children are like, what is this? Where is Trapjaw, Orko? Merman. I see we have Beast Man. He doesn't look anything like Beast Man, so what the hell is that? You know, uh, I see a little bit of Man at Arms in his costume. I see a little bit of Tila, but not much. And huh, Skeletor looks like Darth Vader, but with a skull. Why is that? Well, because they knew Star Wars was doing, so, you know, was such gangbusters. You know, they wanted to do Star Wars. That's that's all there was. So you know, Sonic not being really Sonic, but like there's hints of the video game world there and they add stuff there that they are really kind of respectable. Like they are respecting the, the, the canon of the video games. At the same time, they're adding to it and they're introducing the human element to get, get general audiences in there. And that's, you know, that's, that's cool. Now making Sonic look more humanoid with smaller teeth and beadier eyes and weird fur where this should have been gloves and you know like natural feet it was, it was just it was like okay look this looks hideous this looks scary so fan outrage actually came through i usually can't stand fan outrage because it's like you guys are getting so pissed off about this one little thing and it's not that big of a deal but with that thing i was like damn this movie's gonna fail because this thing looks like shit and then they brought him back as a regular Sonic. Like, you know what? Why don't we just take Sonic? You know, we listen to the fans. This is, this is, if most movie companies would have just pushed through and said, screw you fans. We know other people will like this. And maybe people would have, maybe people would have like, maybe the general audience would have been like, yeah, that Sonic's not that bad. Um, Cause the, the kid who, like the guy who, who does the voice of Sonic, he's fun, he's witty. Um, the cast members, all that stuff, it, it all works in the movie. It's just Sonic would have looked ugly. It's the same movie. It's not like they refilmed things because of fan reaction. They like, no, they they went back to the original film stock and put in a new model. That's, that's all there is to it. In fact, they probably kept the same animation, um, you know, animation triggers and uh, all that kind of stuff, like the wireframe and everything. And they just changed the texture on the outside. Probably what they did. Still an expensive uh, endeavor to redo that for you know he's the main character of the movie. Uh, and yeah, and I guarantee you the the executives are probably going to act like well. Why didn't we think of this in the first place? But then they'll go right ahead and do that again for the next type of movie. Anyway, Sonic 2 adds more to the whole thing. Um, Idris Elba as Knuckles, hilarious. Um, 
Jim Carrey always, even when he's like crazy, phoning in, whatever, he's always manic and nuts. So, you know, you enjoy yourself. Good times. Um, I have written down here Transformers fans. We already talked about Transformers fans. Let's move on to Doctor Strange and Obi-Wan. There was a new Doctor Strange movie that came out last year, and everyone was super psyched for it. <coughs> then it came out, and then suddenly people weren't. It was weird. It was really weird because, like, we really loved the movie when it came out, but now people laugh at it and call it horrible. There's a thing going on with Marvel Universe fans who are just shitting constantly, like, any new Marvel thing now. They're just like, this sucks. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. They'll watch it, but they hate it. Um, looking at the... Disney Plus series stuff, like comparing it to a major movie and wondering why it isn't the same, even though it's clearly not, duh, because they don't understand how a budget gets split up. Like, you know, She-Hulk's whole season, uh, which we'll talk about She-Hulk in a bit, is like the price of one movie, you know what I mean? Like, they don't get it. They don't get it. So, of course, they're going to compare these <coughs> to movies because it's Disney. Disney can throw $100 million every episode. That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean they only did $6 million an episode? That's stupid. You know, they don't think that way. Um, but Doctor Strange was a lot of fun. We got to see uh, Charles Xavier in the MCU. That was super cool. We got to see Black Bolt folded back in after the horrible Inhumans TV show. Which, you know, it's horrible because they tried to do... They tried to do Avengers-type characters with superpowers and everything in a small TV budget on ABC, which is even less than Disney+. Plus. You know what I'm saying? Like, you probably get away with it on Disney+, Plus, but you can't really get away with it. Like, the first thing they do is Medusa has her hair, and they cut her hair. Like, the hair is her power, but that's CG. That costs money. So in one scene, they, they cut her hair. That's, that's how they get around that. It's like, oh, my God. And it's so obvious. It's so obvious. That's not a story element. That's you trying to cut the budget down. That kind of crap. But they brought Black Bolt back in. And then they killed him. <laughs> and they brought Reed Richardson. And they killed him. And they brought Captain Carter from, like, you know, the uh, What If TV show. And they killed her. And they had a Captain uh, Captain Marvel that was, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. She was Captain Marvel's friend in the movie. And they killed her. And they killed my precious, precious Patrick Stewart, Charlie, uh, Charlie Cuball, Xavier. I love and hate that scene. <coughs> Sorry, tickle. Uh, but it's uh, still a great movie, still a fun movie. I do wish they did more multiverse hopping throughout the movie. It, it, you know, with a name like in the multiverse of madness, you kind of expect more multiversing. Where, like, there is one scene where they're tripping through, like, multiple different versions of reality, and that was it. Like, I'm like, okay, you guys probably should have thrown a couple more. And they did visit other realities, but they, like, stayed, like, too long, you know what I mean? That's my only, like, observation. I won't even call it a complaint. Now, Obi-Wan, lots of people hated on Obi-Wan. And one of the things I was clearly obvious about a lot of Star Wars fans is a lot of Star Wars fans are racist. I hate to say it. They got really upset at one black actress playing an evil villain and, you know, being obsessed with it. And that was a funny thing. Like, why is she acting like this? I'm like, it's in the show if you pay attention. There was only one scene that I thought was kind of ridiculous. And it was, there were stormtroopers guarding a laser fence between two rock formations on a road. 
and Obi-Wan and our Princess Leia got to get around them. If you look at the visuals, clearly they can just walk around it. They don't have to deactivate it. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, this, this whole podcast is full of sneezing and coughing. Super great. But Obi-Wan was fun. I, I, I absolutely appreciated having a little um, little rematch between Obi-Wan and Vader. Uh, and I did love bringing Anakin back. Although the flashback scenes, you can clearly see that they're trying to de-age them a little bit, but they are older. So it doesn't like quite work, but still fun, still fun, still fun. Uh, and yeah, Star Wars, leading into Star Wars, you know, I will say I, I didn't talk about Andor during uh, any of my Roy's rants. I loved Obi-Wan. I loved Boba Fett. I didn't understand people's hatred of it. Yes, it's a slow burn, but it's a TV show. What the hell are you expecting? I love Mandal- Mandalorian season one and two. Andor, to me, is the biggest, dullest turd of the whole batch. Like, if you're going to be, like, if, you, if you're one of those guys, like, they're all shit. Andor's bad. And I, and the thing is, I want it to be good. I want it to be good. I want it to be entertaining. That is the biggest crime it commits, is it's not entertaining. I got into it with a guy the other day because they're like, Andor is so phenomenal. Andor is so awesome. And I said, yeah, um, that whole scene where the bad guy is, well, scenes, multiple scenes where the bad guy is at his mom's apartment on Coruscant eating a bowl of oops all berries while his mom talks smack on him and is basically like, why can't you be as good as your nephew or your uncle over there? He has a job in the Imperial Senate. He actually talks to Grandma off talking. Look at you, you loser. Like that is literally, there's at least three or four scenes of that in the entire series. Why? There are three or four scenes in the entire show where Mon Mothma is hanging out with her annoying teenage daughter who doesn't understand that she's like heading up the Rebel Alliance and her vapid, asshole-ish, stuck-up husband who just wants to spend her money. And I'm like, why? I don't care about Mon Mothma's loveless marriage. I do not care. Now the scenes with Andor, not bad. They start off slow. They get better once he gets in prison. There's this whole prison break. The show could have been five episodes of him being recruited, him botching, you know, doing the bank job, have him botch it. Like, don't you know, maybe he gets, maybe they get off, like the rebels get the money, whatever, but he gets caught. Then he goes to prison and then they form a breakout and then he gets back to the rebels. They didn't need all this extra crap just to reveal that while they're at the prison, they're making these little brackets and it's like it's like Lego for the Death Star. They're making connector pieces for the Death Star. That's what it turned out. That's what they were doing the entire time. And it was so funny because the end of Andor, the Death Star is completed. They just need to put the dish in place. And I'm like, this is five years before Rogue One. Does it take them five years to move that dish into the theme? Because... In Rogue One, that's when they, they connect the dish, but it looks complete. The Death Star looks complete in the scene. I'm like, I don't get it. Was there a stall right there? What's going on? So, yeah, those are my problem with Andor. Now, one guy, and he got trounced. Uh, one guy did a YouTube review, and he said Andor took him out. And I'm like, let me get Was it the blue milk thing? Was it the blue milk uh, cereal thing? The scenes with that? Please tell me. I don't understand how in a far off galaxy they have screws and bolts and bricks. 
what? I mean, as opposed to any other Star Wars uh, fiction that has stuff that we see clearly, you know, in, in, in other, you know, reality here, because bricks are a thing in Star Wars. It's been around for a while, bricks. Bolts and screws have been there too, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It makes sense that a bipedal organism, a society of them, would probably come across similar tools in a similar fashion because they have fingers and they have toes and they have arms and legs. So they're gonna probably come across these same things. Maybe slightly different in things, but whatever. Um, but yeah, and or meh. Um, She-Hulk, I loved She-Hulk. She-Hulk was so much fun. And you can tell that a Marvel fanboy has not read She-Hulk. And I've seen some guys come at me like, I've read She-Hulk, it's not like this at all. I'm like, that's funny because the writer of She-Hulk. He finally came out this past week on Twitter and was like, yeah, I wrote these books that this movie, this show is on and it is the closest MCU tie-in to anything. And of course there were fans like, what do you know? Like, well, he wrote the goddamn thing, idiots. So She-Hulk, super fun. It's a comedy, um, you know, and, and I, think, I think Marvel fans feel like all Marvel stuff should be just Captain America and the Winter Soldier and they don't like this turn that Marvel has taken where things are a little bit slightly funnier and goofier. I love Thor, Love and Thunder. I love Ragnarok. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I also love Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the most serious of all of them. You know what I mean? Like I love, I don't care for Civil War that much, but I think if I watched it again, I'd probably be okay with it. So, you know, She-Hulk is fine. I don't, like if you don't understand it, I think a lot of it is like MCU fans. They don't actually read the comic books. They just watch the movies and they think that it should have ended with Avengers Endgame. I love hearing that. I love hearing, that should have been the last movie of all the Marvel films. They should have just ended it there and then maybe, I don't know, 20 years reboot. No, dipshit. Because guess what? When the Infinity War, uh, when the Avengers, you know, when Thanos did his thing, that was in the freaking early 90s. That was like late 80s, early 90s. And Marvel still continued after that. You're talking about a legacy of projects that have been around since 75 years, over 75 years or whatever. There's more stories to tell, dipshits. So yeah, so what if your beloved Thanos isn't in it anymore? There's other villains. We're, we're, we're stepping into Kang territory here uh, come this February with, with Ant-Man. We already had hints of it in Loki, so yeah. More, more stuff to come, new heroes. And I love it. people are like, I don't like these new heroes. Why is it a chick? Why is it a girl? I don't get it. Blah, blah, blah. This young person of color. Why can't it just be, you know, hetero white males? You're sad. It's, it's sad. It's a sad opinion. If you're listening to this and you get offended by this, look in the freaking mirror, okay? Just take a look in the mirror and go, why am I being such an asshole just because it's not a white male you know, blonde hair, blue eyed guy leading the charge this time around. Just saying, just throwing that out there. Talked about the new Resident Evil movie, um, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is funny because video game fans hate video game movies in general. They hate them. Why? Because for the most part, every video game movie is not exactly how they played out the video game. They're like, this isn't how it plays in the game, blah, 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 blah. You are, the thing I always argue with this is that video games have been cinematic for the last 20 some years. It's not like Mario, it's not like 8-bit stuff where there's a lot of room for interpretation. 
video games nowadays, you know, starting with like even Metal Gear Solid is so cinematic, even though it looks rough as hell now, okay? It tells a story there that you don't necessarily need to have redone word for word, line for line in a movie, and I'll tell you why. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City has all the little hits of Resident Evil 1 and 2 in it. It has a mansion. It has the unkillable mutant girl added from Resident Evil 1 for GameCube. It has, you know, hidden tunnels underneath the police headquarters. It has the mansion. It has, you know, the itchy, tasty scene. It has William, Bur William Birkin in it. It has the original, um, you know, villain, the, the cop who turns bad and ends up being a super villain by the end of Resident Evil video game. It has it all. It has it all, okay? Leon, Kennedy, Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield, all that. It has it all in there. It's too much. It doesn't work as a movie, and it was boring as hell. Uh, I really did not enjoy watching Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, the um, Mila Jovovich movies, way more fun. Way more entertaining, sorry. That's just, that's all there is to it. There's nothing I can say about Resident Evil, Welcome Raccoon City that's pleasant. And it, it is a reason why you should not do a frame for frame video game adaptation of movie um, like all the fans have wanted. It was proof positive. Now, Alita Battle Angel and Constantine, the recording nightmare. We, uh, my friend Alex and I, we did so many different takes on trying to get that uh, that podcast done. Uh, so many different uh, times where it wouldn't record or, or, or it just clip out. And the problem uh, was that I was uh, I was running with my Wi-Fi. I'm running with my Wi-Fi right now, but I'm recording by myself. I think it's once you add a person on it, this app hates it if you have Wi-Fi. Uh, if I ran on my data plan, perfectly fine. Didn't know, didn't realize that until another recording. Uh, Alita Battle Angel, fantastic movie. Highly recommend it. Um, go back and watch it. If, you, if you've never given it a, sh a chance because you thought it was some silly James Cameron movie, go give it a chance. Uh, Constantine, same thing. I know a lot of people hate Keanu Reeves as John Constantine. They think it's dumb. They think, um, you know, they, they think that he's not Constantine. He needs to be British and blonde and... It still works. It works. It's a great film. It's a fun film. Please, please give it another shot. Uh, and then um, we did Halloween Ends, and I introduced my better half, uh, Ruth, Ruth Gilbert, who uh, I will say update. Uh, I proposed to her this Christmas, and she said yes. So planning, planning a uh, planning a 2024 October. Uh, wedding. We're trying to figure out if we want to go comic book themed or Lego themed. And I realize it's October. I could go Halloween themed. We'll have to talk about that. We got a little bit of time. Um, but we actually kind of have a venue we're thinking about too. And I mean, I really like this place. Um, we suggested it for our our, uh, our, our middle child whenever she was going get, to get married at first. Um, and I really want to go back to that place. Uh, I took my friends to it. Loved it. Fantastic place. So, and actually pretty affordable. So, um, some, a botanical garden is actually pretty good. We talked about Halloween ends and we were both on the same, uh, level. It's crap. It's, it's not, it's trying to be clever by saying, Hey, the third Halloween movie had nothing to do with Michael. Let's make the third Halloween movie of our franchise have nothing to do with Michael. My argument is this. 
all of your promotional material, your trailer, all that stuff, you told us that this was going to be the final countdown, you know, the final confrontation between Jamie and the shape. He wasn't even in half the movie. It was a, it was a um, copycat killer. And let's just, let's just face facts. One of the things, for the most part, in movies, if you clone the hero, people hate it. If you copycat a killer, people hate it. Friday the 13th, part five, people hate it. You know, if you try to claim to be one thing, but you're another, people don't like that, okay? Now, there's plenty of stands out there for Halloween Ends. They think it's great. I think it's a waste of time. Uh, We even talked about in the podcast how we would have re-edited the whole trilogy, the new trilogy, and how it should have um, started with, like, the opening from Halloween and then kind of a mix and match of kills from the other two movies and then ground down to the end where it's the end of Halloween where he she traps him and kills him the end. Otherwise, just do the first one. You don't need kills or ends. It was kind of a waste of time, unfortunately. And finally, our last podcast for 2022, uh, my friend Alex and I, we talked about the Superman franchise. Uh, going back to like the serials, uh, the George, uh, George Reed, uh, or Reeve, George Reeve series, the cartoons, the super friend, super boy, uh, Christopher Reeves and modern times. Uh, little did we know, like the reason why we talked about it was at the time, uh, Henry Cavill was coming back. Uh, the DC late in the day was making plans to bring him back based on, the Rock wanting to have him be in the, in back in the series. Now the thing is, as much as I am not a fan of the Zack Snyder Snyderverse and everything, I am really enraged by Warner's thinking that Superman is the problem. They didn't do a Man of Steel two. They they never put Ke- like you know they even like wouldn't pay Cavill to show up at the end of Shazam, but they did pay Cavill to end up the end of uh, Black Adam, and I was super psyched. Now obviously. While they were kissing Cavill's ass, they were kissing James Gunn's ass and saying, hey, we want you to come in and fix what's going on with the franchise. We need a showrunner. We love what you did with the Suicide Squad. We love what you did with, um, you know, uh, what the hell is his name? John Cena's character. Oh, crap. I can't remember his name. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, um, we love what you did with our stuff. Come back. Try to reboot it. Now, I don't actually, when I say reboot, I don't know if DC, Warner, Discovery, whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days, I don't know if they asked James Gunn and his partner, and for the life of me, I'm, I hate that. I'm blanking on the partner. That poor guy, he's got probably got a problem because everybody's like, James Gunn, James Gunn, James Gunn. He's like, I'm here too. I don't know if they approached him to reboot it or they just said, please save our franchise. And the only way James Gunn's like, the only way I'm doing this is if I'm rebooting. Point of fact. They let James Gunn basically say, yeah, sure, whatever the hell you want. And James pulled Cavill into a meeting and Cavill was super psyched for all the things he wants to do with Superman. Cavill's a big geek. That's the funny part. He's this handsome dude. Everybody loves him, suave motherfucker. He's a nerd. He's a big gaming Warhammer nerd. He was in The Witcher. And the thing is, I've heard that he quit The Witcher series over creative differences because they want to take the show away from the books and he wanted to keep it to the books. I also heard that he knew he was coming back to Superman and was like, well, I'm going to quit the show. 
because I'd rather be Superman than Gavolt or whatever the hell you pronounce his name. Either way, it still sucks to bring a dude in and then while you're doing that, because these, 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 um, these meetings, these deals, they don't happen overnight. They didn't just ask James Gunn last week and he just said this Thursday, sure, why not? You know, two days later. They were courting him. They were, you know, they were talking about prices. Lawyers were involved. All that kind of shit. Same thing with Cavill. And they had to be doing these very similar in the same time. Because why would you announce Cavill's back if you weren't already working a deal with James Gunn? Like, you know what I mean? It just seems weird. So, he, you know, Cavill walked into their office and he's like, I got all these ideas. And they're like, yeah, about that. We're rebooting Superman. We're rebooting everything. And we want a younger Superman. Sorry, man because we're starting an origin. So Cavill is out. So is Wonder Woman. So is Aquaman. However, they want Momoa to come back as Lobo. Weirdly enough, they're keeping the Flash. Uh, in fact, they just announced that if Ezra Miller cleans up his act, they want him to do more Flash stuff in this new universe. And I'm just like, what the ever-loving craziness? Uh, so yeah, they they're keeping him even though he's problematic and everybody hates him and everybody's dunking on this movie because they keep pushing it back. So I'm just like, why? Why are you doing this? And I and, that, and that's the thing. I'm like, why do you treat Cavill like shit? But Ezra Miller's the golden child. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. He's not even a good Flash. I don't really care for him. He, and, and you know what? I just realized this whole entire time I'm talking about Ezra and I'm using the he uh, pronoun when it's they. I'm sorry. I just, I just totally forgot about that. Because he plays, they play Barry Allen, a guy. So, you know, heteronormative. I'm sorry, whatever. I'm not trying to be dismissive. Ezra's got a lot of stuff on their plate and it drives, and it drives me kooky just reading it. So I hope they are actually working out their, their problems. But I wish, I wish, uh, I wish w, WB and Discovery would be like, Dude, we can't keep you. We cannot keep you. We need to recast because you're way too problematic. The, you, the damage is done. You're, you're a laughing stock out there because of this stuff. I, I, I'm sorry. We're, we're going to have to write you out. And I don't mean to be mean. If he's going through some, if they are going through stuff, they're going through stuff. But it's damaging to the overall image of DC uh, Universe. So it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Anyways, that was the podcast for 2022. And at the uh, end of the year, um, after I did all these podcasts, I went on a vacation. We went to Florida. Now, before anyone picks on me, yes, I did come back and got and, and caught COVID. What a surprise. There should be on the billboard when you enter Florida. You're now in Florida. You'll be lucky if you don't get COVID. Um, but we did seven days of Disney Universal. Now, I'm sure there's people who are going to listen to this and they hate Disney. That's the one thing. It's like, I like a lot of Disney stuff. unabashedly I do and people make fun of me because they want to hate on it and I've seen a lot of friends like well because these practices and what they did I'm like just just say it you don't like them because they're popular you know a company that gets that big is going to have some issues all companies that big do have issues you can hate on them or what but there's plenty of good people who work for Disney plenty of creative artists who work for Disney who make stuff that I like and I enjoy and unapologetically but the first day of our vacation we went to Universal and I got to ride on some cool Transformer rides Simpsons uh, Fast and Furious love Universal so much fun 
Second day we went to Magic Kingdom. Um, it's it's hard for me now because it's been a while. I'm sure my my eldest could tell me exactly all the things. Uh, my 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 eldest stepson could tell me all the things that we did in every little detail. He loves this stuff. He uses you know it's great. Magic T Kingdom was super fun. I know it was fun. This is kind of a blur to me. Epcot day three. It was almost 90 degrees, uh, hot and miserable. We went there on the food day because they wanted the fancy foods. And my stomach was too upset to enjoy any of the fancy foods the entire day. We did ride Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Cosmic Rewind. Holy crap, what a great ride. Highly recommend. Day four, we went on Animal Kingdom. I loved Animal Kingdom. Uh, safaris and stuff, all the cool stuff. I think Avatar is there. Pretty sure Avatar is in Animal Kingdom. Avatar Land, super fun. Um, the Avatar Ride, super fun. Hollywood Studios, day five. This is where I get my Star Wars experience. This is, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. Um, all the Star Wars stuff, super fun. Build a Droid, uh, did the Star Tours like three different times, did, uh, did the Rise of the Resistance ride, you know, did all the things Star Wars related, loved it. Went to the cantina, super fun. Highly recommend, very immersive, super fun time. Magic Kingdom again. Um, we had a Christmas party that night. They had artificial snow. Now mind you, you know, and I just realized because, because of what was going on with a lot uh, that was going on uh, those days. Um, I think the reason why I don't remember day two was uh, because I had recently, um, well, while I was going, like right before I was getting on the plane, I found out that my mom was being put in a, a assisted living care place that her dementia had gotten to the point where she could no longer be left alone. And I am flying to Florida in just a few hours and I'm getting this message and I'm like, I, you know, we had a plan and we had a goal. We were all going to get together and uh, talk about it. And that changed. The life, life comes at you, you know what I mean? Life doesn't care about the things you have planned and all that other stuff. Now, granted, you know, my family told me to go enjoy the, the, enjoy the vacation. And the, the day I was in Magic Kingdom, day two, that was when they put her in the, the assisted living care center. And I got a update on how bad it was while I'm at this parade. It was insane. It was insane. It was insane because my family is smiling and laughing and I am crying inside. You know what I mean? So it's, that was a hell of a day that day. But I, I needed, I mean, like I'm in this situation with my, my family, my loved ones here. They, you know, we've planned this vacation for two years. We've, we poured, you know, thousands of dollars into this vacation. My mom was with family and friends when this happened. And there was absolutely nothing I could do whether I was there or not. You know, that was the situation. It's like, sure, you could rush to PA and cancel the trip, you know, and just witness a very tragic moment and be stuck in PA. Or you can go with your immediate family and see the smiles on their face and work on that. And, and, I, and I know, I know. It sounds selfish. It sounds incredibly selfish, but I, I, you know, I made sure I visit mom. I call her every day, you know, make sure she's okay. And this is actually, 
this is a better thing for her because like her condition where she was in, it was not, you know, it was not good. So she's going to a better place. She just didn't want to go, you know, that's just the thing. I had to look at it that way and everyone else should too, you know, and when it comes to that point, if you cannot safely guarantee your loved one's lifestyle because of the disease and stuff like that, you need to seek help and you need to get help for them. And it is for the benefit of everyone. So that was definitely hanging over my head the entire time. But there's a vacation that, that I needed. Uh, and I, I totally forgot about day seven. We did go back to Universal Studios, the Island of Adventure. Um, and that's when the COVID started to kick in. We did a couple roller coaster rides, me and my eldest. And um, after the second one, the Velocicoaster, I was like, I want to die. <laughs> started feeling very weak and very just like really like energy down, tickly throat. And I'm like, great. Um, you know, by the time we got home back from the vacation, we were like, yeah, we have COVID, hooray. So I lost a whole other week being incredibly sick. Super fun times. That was 2022. Now, 2023, we're looking for jobs. We are uh, trying to get more published. We're trying to get Kickstarters off the ground, trying to get some funding for a movie project. And we're going to have a ton of more Roy's rants. Next week, we talk about Supergirl and Highlander 2. I would also like to talk uh, about Avatar 2, uh, probably the week after that or so. Um, lots of stuff. There's lots of stuff. I'm going to go see Megan this weekend. Uh, thoughts on that. Cocaine Bear comes out in February. Hell yeah. So, anyways, this is Roy Stiffy for Roy's Rants. If you want to catch me on Instagram, I am Roy D. Stiffy Jr. Uh, if you want to catch me on uh, Twitter... Is Croctopus Art and T Public. I am Croctopus Art, where you can buy t-shirts and designs. And on Facebook, I am Roy Stiffy, as well as Croctopus Art. You can check out all my artwork there. I'm always available for commissions. In fact, I besides the trip to Disney, I never took a week off doing artwork at all in 2022. So why change that now? All right, gang. Thanks for listening. And hope to see you next week on Roy's Rants, where we'll talk about some more stuff. Or I should say, rant about it. Bye-bye!